0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners.
1: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website, Girlfriendit.com, and the movement, Girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Dernigan on TogiNet.com. Okay.
2: Valentine's week and I'm still coming down off of my sugar high. Tonight I have a house full of teens for a spaghetti party, so I'm beginning my caffeine IV right now in preparation for this evening. Well, Lisa ran off with her hubby to Texas, so please feel free to harass her for abandoning me on this day. But we do have a fabulous show today and we are talking about how do we not only survive life but thrive? getting out of the autopilot position, or maybe even the fetal position and moving forward. How do you handle life's disappointments? What do you do when your world falls apart? According to the United States Social Survey, women consume twice as much antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications as men. And because of these statistics, pharmaceutical companies aggressively target these drugs towards women. I don't know about you, but I I hear those statistics, and I just go, what is going on in our world that so many women are are truly in this state of unhappiness? And we can take action to reverse these trends in our own life. Well, we hear things like, invite God's power into your pain. But what are the tools to make that happen? And today on Girlfriend at Radio, we are going to hear from Scott and Sandy Trump. Scott is an ordained minister and holds a master's degree in counseling, and the Trimps are also life and relationship coaches. They're authors, educators, and public speakers. They have a new book out. It's just released, and they will be sharing that with us today. Scott and Sandy will also have some tips on dealing with life's disappointments and difficulties. Once again, we are talking about how to not only survive in life, but thrive. And I'm going to start out with Sandy this morning. So Sandy, welcome to Girlfriend at Radio. Good morning, Patty. It's great to be here. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show. And um, I, I just want to start out with, uh, you have an incredible story of how you invited God into your pain. Can you share with us a, a part of your journey Sure. Um, you know, I,
3: I refer to uh, Friday, November 22nd, 1991, as both the worst and the best days of my life. Because it was that day that, well, actually that evening that um, God intervened, and um, I know some people might have a difficult time with this, but I don't. He intervened in what I thought was a pretty normal, Life, um, and he brought me to a point where I was forced to look at things that, number one, I had repressed some pretty traumatic abuse from my early childhood that I had completely distanced myself from. It was as though it had never happened. Um, some, uh, I had chronic fatigue issues and some pretty negative self talk and people pleasing, um, problems. So God took that moment, and uh, what actually happened is we talked about the fetal position. I heard you mention that. God <laughs> actually found me in the fetal position that evening on um, my kitchen floor. The last thing I remembered was looking in the gadget drawer for a uh, potato peeler, and then basically the lights went out. But, you know, it was through our journey then um, of just a tremendous amount of pain and darkness that God really rebirthed our whole family because um, what we discovered once I was in the hospital and uh, flashbacks started coming and I didn't understand it. I'm like, what movie did I see that this was so horrible and why am I putting myself in these scenes? And um, the doctors assured me that uh, I was having... That these repressed memories were coming back, which was really scary. Um, it they seemed to center around this certain individual within our family. and uh, for the sake of anonymity for this person, we refer to this person as cat c a t short for catalyst, because <laughs> really, God used that person and their actions and um, their choices as a catalyst in our family to bring about such a wonderful richness and depth uh, in my husband, myself, and our three sons that we would have never experienced if we hadn't allowed God to use that darkness to work really wonderful things in our lives. I know I'm painting a, a positive picture here, but, you know, I know in the beginning it was very, very difficult, especially when we discovered, um, that our sons had been harmed by this same individual. You can imagine the pain that we felt knowing that I had knowingly allowed my kid to be with this person, but I had so repressed anything that I didn't know what they were fully capable of.
2: So you're saying Sandy, that, um, this cat, he, he, I'm saying a, he, uh, I just went there for whatever reason, he, she, um, did something to you. Are you talking, was it a a physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse? Yes, it was kind of all of the above. It was a pretty dark um,
3: type of abuse. And um, it uh, actually even through uh, my, as my memories became clearer, and the kids started to share what was happening to them. It was really interesting phenomena, because um, the darkness that had been uh, in this abuse actually came forth in our family, in our life, in our home. And so, not only were we on this journey of healing, but now this spiritual journey of of cleansing and um, removing this
2: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you find out that Kat had also abused, abused your son? Well, because of the,
3: um, the things that were coming up our the therapists and doctors that were working with me, uh, told Scott, you know, this individual seems to be playing a, a really inter- important role here in, in, um, Sandy's path. And we really recommend that Um, she not have any contact with this individual and that this individual just really stay away from the family. So um, Scott started doing that even before I was released from the hospital. And as the the boys began to see that they were going to be safe, apparently, because, you know, they hadn't told us, this person had actually threatened them with um, guns and whatnot, saying that that the whole family would be murdered if they spoke. So you can imagine the, the trauma that, that they were under but when they finally felt like they were safe they were able to share
0: Mm -hmm. and not
3: share as much as we would have liked but they were able to at least let us know that stuff had happened it wasn't enough for the police to actually prosecute but it was enough for for them to tell us we really need to get a restraining order and so we did
2: how old were they when this came out uh let's see they were
3: five seven and nine i believe Mm-hmm. five seven and eight. Five, seven, oh. and eight yeah so you know i just thank god that um that he brought this up when he did so that they didn't have to endure that any longer
2: so sandy you were going for a potato potato pillar and you ended up in the fetal position all of a sudden just these these memories started flooding you don't know really what you, you I don't
3: know what happened. I just know that that day um, I was feeling uh, worse and worse about myself. My condemning thoughts were just getting louder and louder and louder. And um, by the time I was there, it was just, I think my brain just shut off. My mind just went blank because, again, it was probably that same coping mechanism that I had learned to use when I was a small child to endure what I had. It it just flicked
2: off and um i wasn't there mhm so you what what i find is so interesting you you had um this abuse from when you were younger and what it did now as an adult you just felt the shame of it but you couldn't recall what actually had happened and then you're yes. i just think it's interesting that our body sometimes feels our pain more than our mind and and we have a physical reaction to things before we even get what's going on in our brain and i don't think a lot of people are aware of that (laughs) our body is more tuned than our mind is right you know there's a lot
3: of psychological terms for that ab reactions and different things but basically you know I think we have to honor our bodies and and um, listen a little more closely than we do. Um, I know even to this day, I still, um, if certain things happen, my body will react as though it was the trauma, and so I'm working to try to retrain that. But yes, it does hold in our DNA, and that's why it's important when we uh, that we don't just ignore things that happen even the smaller traumas or things that people might not figure are terribly significant can land just a certain way. And we really do need to honor that and address it so that we can, we can truly be free.
2: Well, I know we only have a a minute before we go into commercial break, but I know what I had a tragedy in my life. I kept thinking, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you. And Um, um, I literally lost a chunk out of my hair and I, I thought I was fine. I really thought I was okay. And it wasn't until the doctor said, have you dealt with something different in your life? Have you had a tragedy? And it was like, oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I I just find <laughs> yeah. that just amazing. And, and Sandy, we only have 30 seconds before we go into commercial break, but how, how can we know that? How can we be aware of what's taking place? Do you have a, a tip for that?
3: Well, I think take an inventory,
2: you know, sit down
3: and go, okay, what's happened to me in the last few years? And look at, even past that. And um, look it, it, as though you were talking to a girlfriend, would you, say, would you just excuse that and say, oh, that was no big deal? Probably not, not if you heard that from somebody else. So it's honoring that, and we're not trying to make something of nothing, but we need to respect what's there.
2: Absolutely. And we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back with our special guests, Sandy and Scott Tramp.
1: This is Girlfriended on TuggyNap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio, right after these. Y'all wave your hands, Look who's on at Dakota Mankeetha. He's
0: number one. Now you might think Juan's youth was sad. Right. Because he had a death, kill, mummy, and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. No. It wasn't his fate. No. The Juan's never struggle to communicate.
1: Ha. Y'all wave your hands, Look who's on at Dakota Mankeetha number one. It's That Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central. Every week, That Keith Juan Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Juan and the show, go to his website com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one number one uh-huh. everybody crack puts the coat of man's on Ooh. number number one uh-huh. keeps number one uh-huh. everybody crack put the coat of man's on Don't miss That Keith Wines Show, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Are you ready to get your woohoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books and personal breakthroughs, then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio, Love, Life, Business and the Pursuit of Happiness with your host, Lisa Stedman, Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woohoo woman, Lisa Stedman, wants to help you discover the Woohoo. WooHoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature WooHoo way of love, life, business and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one size fits all approach to career, relationships and personal growth, get your weekly WooHoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from BooHoo of rock bottom into the WooHoo of love, life, business and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website lisastedman.com. Join us for WooHoo Radio, love, life Business and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa
2: welcome back to Girlfriend It Radio. We are talking with Scott and Sandy Tramp. They are life coaches. And we just got done um, having Sandy share her story of going into that fetal position and truly struggling with how do you move forward. So um, we were also talking about how your body responds to things before our mind does. And tell us a little bit more, uh, Sandy, you were were sharing, you know, it's just like talking to a girlfriend to kind of go through and do that little checkup. So uh, tell us a little bit more of how we even find out if we have an issue there that we need to have God reveal it to us, or how do we deal with it? Because if we're not healthy, then we are moving forward almost in a state of depression, and we don't even realize it. Did I lose you, Sandy? Sandy? Nope. Is Scott, Scott there? I, I, yeah, I'm here. Okay, Scott, why don't you go ahead and share with us on some tools of how do we, how do we move forward?
4: Okay. Um, I, and maybe I could just address a little bit about what you had asked for Sandy, if that's okay. That's awesome. Um, yes. But, but I think, you know, just um, the the thing is, is that God wants us to move forward. He wants to, use us in powerful ways, and he wants us to live an abundant life and to be able to experience all he has for us. And so what I've noticed that he does and what he did for us, and Sandy in particular, was that um, at the right time he started to bring stuff up and reveal things to her that were holding her back, even though she didn't realize that. So, you know, I think just kind of tuning in, listening, listening, and going with what happens in our life, because God uses our circumstances to reveal things to us and to redirect us and guide us, even according to James one two through four So I think that's a good way is just really seeing what shows up in our life, who He brings our way, even what things we struggle with, and those are those ways that God kind of indicates things that He wants to heal and resolve, or or like you said so well, we're moving forward maybe. But in a state of depression and a depowered versus an empowered state.
2: I like that, Scott. And you know, so many times, even my daughter last night. She's she's ten, and our our dog is sick, and she made the comment that um, I she when she prayed, she said I. Jesus, I just want you to love us enough to to heal our dog. And so many times we we look at at life from that perspective that, oh, God must not love us enough because he allowed this to happen. And it, yeah. it makes me think of Joseph when he was thrown in the pit by his own brothers. You oh. know, in Scripture, you just go, that, that doesn't, and I was trying to explain to her, this doesn't mean when you have bad things that happen to you that, that Jesus loves us any less, that God is not going to be there for us. So can you even go into yeah. a little bit more of detail on that, Scott? Yeah.
4: You know, during this time, you know, we're, we're talking about it now looking back and all the awesome things that, that God did. When we share our story with people, we'll often say that uh, during those darkest hours when our life collapsed on us, it, it seemed like the God we knew, we no longer recognize, and mm. as we went through our journey, and we grew, and God started revealing things to us, and how He was actually going to work these things out for our good, according to Romans eight twenty-eight, we we found that we the God we thought we knew was actually much more powerful than we first thought, and it was through that journey that we actually discovered that, and, um, you know, just just uh, actually in our book, we share five skills and five steps for walking through any a struggle or difficulty from the everyday frustration to the actual life-altering um, situations. And, um, but it's exciting to know that God has something for us, even when we can't see it, we can't feel it, and we don't know it, but we believe by faith that it's there, and we actually start to step into it.
2: Well, what, what is the name of, of your book, and what are some more tips along the, that okay. direction?
4: Okay, the name of our book is Surviving Life. And um, it, it's actually geared at moving beyond survival and into the thriving, as you mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, one of those steps that was really foundational for us was to realize that we all have a choice as to whether or not our situation that we find ourselves in will change, improve, stay the same, or even become worse. Mm-hmm. And, and though we may not have a choice over our circumstances, we always have a choice over how we're going to handle it, what we're going to do about it, and whether or not we're going to continue to live as victims to it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that's probably the foundational one.
2: Yes, and you see this a lot with with people that you're counseling when they're sharing their story and they keep they keep sharing the same thing, the same pain over and over and over again, which yes. you know sometimes we have to share our pain in order to move forward, but at one point you you, you want to just scream, "Stop it!"
4: Exactly.
2: <laughs> just stop it.
4: <laughs> you're choosing yes, because what just... we're doing without realizing it is we're, we're victimizing ourselves all over again.
2: Yes, and we're choosing to not invite God's power into our pain to be able to move forward. And we have we 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 pray for God to be there, but then we're not gonna make the choice to allow him to help us to move forward. And that that's hard because exactly. we do we have the Bible, we have the instructions for life right in front of us at our fingertips, and we for whatever reason we think we can go around that and we have a better way and a better plan. Very true.
4: Um, And you know, we tried that a a lot in the beginning and we kept falling on our face and things actually got worse rather than got better. And uh, once we really surrendered to the process and we we started to see how God was using our circumstances for our benefit, our growth, then we began to learn how to leverage those circumstances to our advantage so that we grew and God was glorified. And what we, we really noticed that we started to move forward at a much faster clip.
2: Okay, so when you say you, you, you tried that, you tried your own plan, and then, you know, that wasn't working, what exactly were some of the, like, the first parts of the stops in, in healing? Was was the church there for you? How, how did that all come into play? Well,
4: you know, in the beginning, yes, we, we've had some um, experiences in the church that were Uh, rather hurtful. Um, The Church didn't understand what we were going through. We didn't understand what we were going through. Mm -hmm. And so the Church at first helped us, but then when they started to see the magnitude of what was going on, Sandy alluded to the spiritual attacks that we were undergoing, and our life was so upside down. I mean, really looking back, we were a mess. I I don't know how I would have handled me, let alone, you know, uh, one of the churches. But through that, God actually led us to another church understood the warfare that we found ourselves in and understood some of the struggles we were going through. And so, again, through a negative situation, God used it with a, a positive outcome, and uh, He redirected us, and, and that was a big part of our healing. I, I think one of the things I did is, as I did the typical guy thing, and I tried to fix Sandy, and part of my prayer, you know, that I talked about in the book, part of my struggle was... If my prayer was, you know, God, just fix her, fix her, fix her. And I kept hearing God come back with, it wasn't an audible, audible voice, but it was a, a very, I knew God was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, no, I'm going to take care of Sandy, but I'm going to fix you. And so I, you know, I had this battle with him going back and forth until I finally surrendered to it. And I said, okay, Lord, because at first it was like, hey, God, if you haven't noticed, I'm not the one in the hospital. And thanks, but no, thanks. will get to me later. You take care of Sandy and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so he had to get me, to because the more I tried to fix it, the more of a mess I made of things. And when I finally surrendered to his process and understood, wow, there are things in me that he's also going to, not only is he going to change Sandy and heal her, he's going to change and heal me at the same time. And then we're going to be both, both moving forward at the same pace.
2: What is, what is uh, an area where you felt like this is where God healed me?
4: I would say um, um, a, a lot of my own needs that I didn't really realize, I relied on Sandy to meet. A lot of us guys rely on our wives to compensate for things in our own life and to provide a sense of nurture and that type of thing. And when God took Sandy out of the picture, because she was completely unavailable to me for at least six months and then for years to come, because of her abuse and stuff, I mean, any kind of uh, closeness and connection and intimacy was just totally, you know, messed up. But mm-hmm. during that time, God worked in my life to bring some healing that I didn't even know existed and uh, helped me to rely on Him more fully for some of my needs and some of my uh, to, to compensate for some of the things. And so during that time, I grew in ways that I didn't even realize I needed to grow in.
2: Well, Scott, we only have about a minute and a half before we go into our commercial break, and um, the the time has gone by way too quickly, but can you just share with our listeners just – a tip, you know, either, I know you shared about in James, what's even scripture that they could read. Uh, we talked about your book, uh, you can get it, go to girlfriendit.com and you can find out a little right. bit more about Scott and Sandy and the book is surviving life. But just in one minute, what, what's a tip that you could have and leave with our listeners?
4: Well, I would say, uh, oh boy, there's so many, but I guess the one that's coming to my mind right now is just, um, really making sure that they tell themselves the truth about their circumstances, because what we tell ourselves becomes our reality, whether or not it's true. And so if we make sure that we're telling ourselves what's true, God is here. God is in charge. He's going to work behind the scenes. He's been working. He's going to continue to work. And somehow, some way, this is going to work out and good is going to come out of this that can give us a sense of hope to hang in there, a sense of meaning in our chaos. And it also helps us cooperate with whatever it is that God's doing in our life, as opposed to resisting Him and fighting against that.
2: Well, I love that. Thank you so much, Scott and Sandy, for sharing. And we will return from our break, and we will continue talking on the subject of not only surviving life, but thriving. We'll be right back.
1: This is Girlfriend on TogiNap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesely. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 Central on TuggyNet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Mallette, at 11, 10 Central on TuggyNet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S serve others each week on the show you'll find a safe haven whereby tips insights and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests go to Linnea's website readmylipstips.com then join us Thursday nights at 11 10 p.m central for the read my lips tips for success radio show with your host Linnea Millette. on toginet.com Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, I am excited to introduce our next guest, pastor, counselor, and founder of Life Impact, Dr. Alan McRae. Alan has held many transformational seminars and workshops sharing the key on how to live a fulfilling life. And all right, Alan, all the girlfriends out there are counting on you to inspire us. (laughs) So no pressure or anything, but we need to figure out how we're supposed to survive our lives And, um, well, not only survive our lives, but truly thrive. So, um, Alan, we've had you on the show uh, actually quite a few times. And we just love hearing your insight and what you have um, to give all these incredible tips to us. So today we are talking about, we just finished talking about them putting meaning to our chaos. And uh, I love what Scott said about if we tell ourselves the reality then it will actually be, we will define it as our reality. So can you expand on that at all?
0: Well, I like the word you use, chaos, because I think there's a difference in my own personal interpretation, the difference between chaos and confusion. Mm. Chaos always brings us to change in a positive way. Chaos, we know God is real, but in our chaos, as your previous guest said, he's Going to look different than he did to us before. Confusion might be, I don't know if there is a God. Chaos says, I believe there is a God. I just don't know where he is at the moment. And God always brings us to chaos to bring us change. We cannot go through a change, we cannot grow without going through a certain element of chaos.
2: And, and I even, I struggle with that. I know that. I know that's a fact. I know because of God's divine intervention in that chaos is what is going to bring the growth. But I, I'm always praying, okay, but do it gently, please. <laughs> it, it, we don't want to have to go through the pain, even though we know, I, I, just like Scott said, that. He had no idea that he was serving such an incredible God. He didn't even understand God's power until he had to go through that. And that, that is so true. We don't even get that we are truly serving the God of the universe until we have to call out for him.
0: Yes. And I, I love the the fact that what Scott... I was saying about their, their process, their situation. There's a great verse in Deuteronomy eight and two, God speaking to Israel about remembering their journey through the wilderness. And he told them that he brought them through the wilderness to show them what was in their heart. We never know, just like, just like your previous guest didn't know the pain that was there until it was revealed. And God will bring us through situations to reveal the pain in our life. But he never does it to shame us, condemn us, judge us, uh, or to, to bring any kind of fear on us. He brings it to the surface when he knows that we're ready for healing, deliverance, or education. So when our journey through our wilderness of change brings things to the surface, that's when God knows we are ready to deal with it. The mistake that some counselors make, some people make, is they cause the pain to come to the surface before we're ready. The Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor, of course. He knows when to bring it to the surface. He knows when we're ready to deal with it.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. You're you're right. Many times we we want to pull it out, and it's it's all in in God's timing. We want to reveal that pain, and thinking that we can cope with it uh, a little faster. And. And many times, too, counselors or you know pastors or or you know people that we look up to in ministry, we have a tendency to talk Christianese to people. And e- even today on the radio, we, you don't want to get so Christianese to where we're not giving the tools. We we feel that we're giving the tools, but you know they're still getting off after listening to the show, going, "Okay, but what do I do? I, I'm I'm literally in the pit." And, uh, I, I know I've even made the mistake of you start, we start quoting scripture. We start telling, you know, cause I know I love Psalm 40, just literally talking about getting out of the pit and yeah. God gives us a new song. And yet I know there are times it's like, okay, I know all that, but it's not helping me right now. So how do we help those listeners out there where they're, they're tired of the Christian They, they need Something substantial. I mean, that, that, once again, that even sounds trite, because we know that the Bible is the most powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that, God's, that His Word is the most powerful thing. But sometimes we just don't want to hear someone start quoting Scripture to us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the last thing, and I've been a Christian for, for a long time, that sometimes people will say to me, all things work together for the good. That's when I want to punch them in the nose. <laughs> um, I don't really want to hear that at the moment.
2: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: I'm not ready for that.
2: Yeah, wait you know, till it's good. The then you tell me.
0: <laughs> Pardon me.
2: <laughs> I said, wait, wait till it's good, and then you can give me that scripture. Yes,
0: right? that's exactly right. You know, I've been uh, reading a book that came across my uh, across my desk. That uh, I love I love the subtitle of this book. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Mm. And one of the ways to do that, and I think one of the ways that uh, the previous uh, guest had to come to is learning to be more self-compassionate. If I had anything to say to your listeners today, I would tell them, learn to become more self-compassionate. Uh, here's a quote that I just love. A moment of self-compassion can change your entire day. A string of such moments can change the course of your life. Hmm. And one of the things that we have to learn to do, and this is true in the Christian world as well, we have to learn to become more compassionate. We've got to get rid of the condemnation. We've got to get past the shame of not being good enough and become who we are.
2: Hmm. Well, you talk about shame. I don't think in the church we deal with, with shame very well. I think we're getting better at it. I think the body of Christ is learning more of, about shame. And, and I know that I, I believe that's where Sandy was coming from. In being in that fetal position, all of a sudden, the reality of what had happened to her as a child. There's just so much shame there. Um, So how do we do that? How do we, like you said, have more of that not condemning ourselves?
0: Okay. I don't know if you, (laughs) I'm going to open a can of worms here. Most churches and religious cultures are not equipped to help people become who they are and deal with their messes Mm -hmm. because religion wants to control people. Mm. So the reason religion, and I use that word definitively, Mm -hmm. not Christianity, but the reason religion doesn't deal with shame is because shame is their power, Mm. their power to control.
2: That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're right. There, there. Yes, we we do, and it gets into legalism and everything else. But you're right. That's where the control. You you see it in marriages too. With a controlling, dominant spouse, they will use that uh, to control that relationship.
0: Yes, absolutely. We use it all through our lives, and, and unfortunately, you know. Because people make a mistake, they think they are a mistake. Um, the 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 neo-Darwinism today talks about uh, that we're nothing more than an accident of biology. We have abandoned this this idea that the image of God is in us, that we're created in His image. And yet, all of us know, even the the most probably most argumentative um uh, this believer unbeliever would tell you they got to be here for a different purpose than what is presented to them in the world and they they they're looking for that they're, they're searching for it and yet we get so muddled in the shame that we can't find the real our, our real person our real identity Mm -hmm. I deal with this a lot because this is what my seminars deal with, is helping people discover who they are outside shame, the condemnation, and the fear.
2: Well, Alan, we only have two minutes before we go into a commercial break. What would be one tip to help us deal with that, to help us discover who we are?
0: To start identifying ourselves, not by what we don't have and not by who, who we're not, but by who we are. If we could just sit down and start listing one true thing about us and in, in talking to your listeners, start yourself a list. Here is something that's true about me and it needs to be a positive, not a negative. Here is something that's true about me. I am loving, I am compassionate, I am talented, I am gifted. And what is true about me? The journey to self-discovery, and this will always lead us to the Creator. That's not an issue. Uh, It will always lead us to to God. Um, But what is true about us? And if we start focusing on what's true about us, not what's not true about us, we'll start on that journey. Is that well, a- I love
2: that. So so we need to make a list of all what you're saying is just the, the positive attributes.
0: Yes. Here's what's true about me. And make them positive, not the negatives. You can't, you can't do anything. If you start down the negatives, you go into shame, condemnation, guilt. If you start with the positives, and it may be difficult for some that that are in a very
2: okay. Ellen, difficult- we're going to go to our quick commercial break, so stay okay. tuned with Girlfriend at Radio, and we will be right back.
1: This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. The ministry is filled with both highs and lows, victories, and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? Wellspring. Tending the Heart of Ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, Tending the Heart of Ministry, with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Togenet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio.
2: you are just tuning in today. We are speaking with Dr. Alan McRae, who is a pastor, counselor, and founder of Life Impact. And Alan, you were just giving us some tips on identifying who we are, not who we are not. And I I think this is such a great tip on how we can uh, not only survive life, but thrive. Because as women, it's really easy for us to look around and play the comparison game um, in such a way that many times we can't even go to the grocery store without looking at a woman, you know, next to us and go, What what do they have in their cart? I bet you they're feeding their family better things than I'm feeding my family. <laughs> and we just we love that comparison game rather than going, okay. Who who am I? What are what are the truths about me? And and I love that. So, what are some more things that we can do to help us get out of that pit?
0: That's uh, these are very important steps to take. Um, the first one that I gave was start being more self compassionate. Get out of the shame game yourself. Um, and comparison is one of those shame things. Um, there's there's three ways that we generally self-correct ourselves that are very destructive. One is self-punishment. The other is self-comparison, and we do a lot of disesteeming there. And the third one is uh, personal rejection. Those are three very I call them the triecta of of destructive. Uh, corrective self, so we become much more self compassionate, giving ourselves more affirmations, and then start identifying what is true about you once you start that process, it'll be painful at first at first you can tell you you can tell me a whole lot more negatives than you can positives, but when you start focusing on those positive things, and then move into acceptance rather than rejection. And the truth is that scares us. And and the more trapped we are, the more that it scares us because we are afraid of our strengths more than we are our weaknesses.
2: Okay. So why do you think we're so afraid of our strengths? I started out the show even talking about that women deal with more um, anxiety and depression than men. And that's the pharmaceutical companies are really targeting that and aggressively going out, and That's who they're, you know, sending their ads to and, and putting the commercials are really targeting the women. Um, so w- what do you think this is all about? Why do we beat ourselves up so much?
0: It goes back to this shame-based thought process and belief system that I am not enough. I can never be enough. Women get caught in that trap. They get caught in trying to please others. Um, Many of them have some kind of a, I call them the eggshell person in their life, that they're walking around on eggshells with, trying to win them, trying to uh, get their approval and so they go into this shame i 'm not getting it because i'm not pretty enough i'm not sexy enough i'm not loving enough i'm not uh, I'm not the right shape i'm not the right size i'm not the right this i'm not the right that and it just goes on and on and on until we become so shame based then the pharmaceuticals come in or the uh the, the other glamour magazines all come in trying to show us how to be enough. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is we're never going to do that externally and we're never going to be able to medicate that. Mm-hmm. We have to come to this situation of acknowledging who mm-hmm. we are and accepting who we've been created
2: to be. Well, and that... That is amazing that if we would just focus on who we are and who God wants us. I mean, He created us. We were, you know, wonderfully and fearfully created. Yes. If, if we were allowing Him to just flow through us, <laughs> I, you know, it goes back to Ephesians 320 how he, he wants to do immeasurably more more than we could ever uh, ask or imagine, and yet we're the one blocking that. We are the one that, like you said, we're just in that shame spiral and we're not allowing him to just make us come alive. And so if we can truly just get up in the morning and look in the mirror and start writing that that list or even reading the list that you already wrote, and really start seeing yourself the way that, that God sees us, and yet we still think that that's a bunch of bogus.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if we were to ask David, the writer of the Psalms, what do you believe about is true about you? And you took Psalms 139. The first thing he would have wrote on there is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that a great thing to believe about yourself? Mm-hmm. Is it not true? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, just observe your body. Observe. Uh, I told a group the other day, look at your hand. That hand is an amazing thing that God created and the way it functions. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's one of the—and if you go on and and find out what else David believed. See, when we want to model our lives after somebody— we don't model ourselves after their behavior we've got to find out what they believe. Mm-hmm. If we know their beliefs we can we can we can move to the positive behaviors. but we got to know what when we beliefs and values drive our behaviors.
2: It does drive our behavior, and I, at Tuesday night I just taught a Bible study class, and it's a group of women leaders, and I found it interesting because I, I said, if Jesus is sitting right in front of you, and he said, you know, whoever, Susie, I want you to write down what you want to do here on earth for Kingdom Impact and nothing is in your way. you have no obstacles, you have no financial burdens, you don't have a, you know family time restraints. W- what would you like to do? and I was shocked there we didn't have any um dreamers in the room when you think of no time restraint, no money restraint you're basically you're given the world to do whatever you want to do, and it was very. Um, just, I would like to, you know, go on Tuesday nights and feed the homeless. It was still, we put ourselves in a box where we're not allowing God to flow through us.
0: Can I respond to that? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to open another can of worms here. You would never know I was a pastor for 40 years because I'm pretty hard on the church and I love the church. The church is my life. But unfortunately, too often we have taught people what to think and not how to think.
2: Hmm. So we've taught them what to think and not how to think. So how do we do that paradigm shift?
0: Well, you just did it in your in your in your class. You raised the work. level. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it did. You didn't didn't get the results you wanted. It did work. What you did was raise their level of consciousness, and here's here's what they said or what they didn't say. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you what my real dreams are because I don't know if they fit in what I think the box I think they're supposed to fit in. We've taken the dream out of the dreamers. We've taken the fight out of the fighters. (laughs)
2: They're not, even, they're not even dreaming, and I don't mean that in a negative way towards them, but I, I just don't think we're even taking the time to really reflect and go, what, what am I capable of? If I truly believe that God is the God of this universe and all-powerful, what am I capable of if he's flowing through me? And, and I don't yep. think that we, we stop— and, and like you said even reflect and write those um, attributes down of who we are but even what we're capable of becoming well we have two minutes this this has been just flying by um w- what are some things then to get us to be able to dream in in w- w- ephesians 320 even just taking that scripture and just reading it and meditating over it. Or like I said, Psalm 40 and knowing we can get out of the pit. What are some more tips there for us, Alan?
0: Understanding ourselves, our behavior, understanding our values and belief systems. If we can start getting a handle on what's driving our behaviors And many of those, and I don't want to get overly technical, but psychologists tell us that 90% of our values and beliefs were adopted before we were at the age of six years old. Mm. So many of those values and beliefs that are subconscious to us, internalized, that's driving our behaviors, are things that we believed before we had the rationale to say something was right or wrong, so and a lot of this shame-based belief system comes from there, and unfortunately, it comes from negative parenting, which all of us have been guilty of. But so we've got this fear. Let me give you an example of a couple of them. Don't get too excited; you'll only be disappointed. Mm hmm. That is. Don't have too much joy. People will think you're not real, or I don't want to live my life waiting for the other shoe to fall. Those <laughs> are all. Those are all negative. Are you still there?
2: Yes. I okay. Think your cheek, well, I your cheek is
0: <laughs> Those are all there's the the uh, of negative belief systems that are in our lives. So we have to change the system, Romans 12 and 2 talks about, trans- transformation by the, by the renewing, having transformation by the renewing of the mind. And the mind here is not our conscious mind, it's our subconscious mind, getting the truth into our subconscious so that it percolates into our conscious mind.
2: Well, Dr. Allen, we have to go. Thank you so much for your tips. Thank you for being on our show today. And we are just excited to have all of our listeners listening in to Girlfriend It Radio. And we cannot wait to talk at you next week. Thanks again, Dr. Allen.
1: Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show